How are you guys doing today? Welcome to another episode of A Casual Conversation. My name is Nicholas Bayshore, and joining me today are Eric Schwartz and Miguel Benedict. How's it going, everyone? A little bit, a little bit. A little bit more energy there. A little bit more energy. A little bit more. Energy. I have enough energy. I don't feel no, like no, I have enough. No, no, energy. you have enough energy, Miguel. Okay. You, need to, you need to just like bring it up. Bring it up. Uh, I don't know, man. I just. And Miguel Benedict. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, man. Um, All right, moving on. <laughs> I. Okay. Uh, I, I thought we were done with this. I thought. I thought we real. We just ascertained that this well, is the peak. Yeah, I, I can't just bring it out on demand. It's not like, it's a, just like it's not a switch I flip. I'm pretty sure it is because I saw it on your back when you were lifting boxes. It's over your left shoulder blade. <laughs> the switch. So if you'd like to click that bone back into place, I'm sure you'll have a much, much higher uh... output. Yes. Yes. Mm. That that word. I gotta work out later though too. I, I gotta so save it for that. Maybe that'll click yeah. the switch on for next week. <laughs> we'll see. But regardless, let's go ahead and hop into today's topic. Uh, straight up, Bloodborne. Bloodborne does come out this week. Bloodborne diseases? Bloodborne diseases. Mm. Damn, well, you're not wrong. They yeah. do exist in the video game. Yes. But Bloodborne the video game, it's actually the next game from from software. I love saying that because I every know, yeah. time I like stutter, I'm like, is that right? And it's so funny, too, because I'm not the only person that does it. Every yeah. interview I watch, yeah, this game's coming from from software, and you like see him. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they go back to their conversation. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I bet you did it that on purpose when they did Yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's become like a thing because yeah. Dark Souls was very popular. Uh, From Software did originally create Demon Souls and went into Dark Souls. So they're a very well-known company for making some of the world's most brutal games uh, as they are considered by many. But yeah. Bloodborne is their next title, and it's uh, coming from a gentleman by the name of... Hidetaka Miyazaki. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Can't yes. pronounce that. Yeah. Arigato senpai. Yes. Yeah, that's spot on, Miguel. Spot thank on. <laughs> lot of it it lot sounded of nothing like his name, but thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying thank you. Cause yeah, I know. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah I, got no, no, I got you. Okay, okay. We're, we're on the same page. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. We would, we would never get through this without Miguel. You would not. No, we would not. Um, but no, Bloodborne. Uh, it does come out this week. As a matter of fact, it came out today because we're releasing this tuesday if i'm not mistaken right so it did come out today so we're yes. probably all playing it right now yeah, so Even, it's a... miguel's playing in his mind eric's probably <laughs> dreaming about it and yes. i'm actually playing the game yes uh it's a ps4 exclusive um and, it, and like nick says from from software uh and it's kind of in the spirit of dark souls demon souls it's not like straying too far from the formula it's still just as brutal if um, not more brutal, I would yeah. argue, based on some of the gameplay elements, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm excited for it, man. I've been really excited for this game for quite some time. Um, my live stream crowdfunded a PS4 so I could stream it. <laughs> so That's awesome. I, I need – it's really cool. I'm, I'm very happy that I have that community behind me. But uh, very excited for this game. I play Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2. Thoroughly enjoy them, although they were quite stressful for me personally. Um, but there's like a sense of achievement when you complete something in those games that makes them truly unique. Uh, and that's why I'm really looking forward to Bloodborne. I haven't felt that achievement for quite some time. Despite I was going to say, games game. nowadays are way too easy. Like uh, th There's some games where they, they almost walk you through it. And it's like... Yay! I, I I beat the dragon. Like, yeah. but you know, it it was it was way too easy. 
Absolutely, man. I mean, I'm looking forward to this one, too, because they've actually changed up the formula a little bit. I mean, we've all played Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2 at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a lot of hiding behind a shield, right? And for any of you out there listening to this episode, um, it it is very – I mean, you guys know that. If you play Dark Souls or watch Dark Souls be played, you hide behind a shield, you figure out a strategy, and then you deal with that enemy. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what makes Dark Souls so brutal is it doesn't hold your hand. And it's amazing, like, how a simple notion like that can actually change a game so much, right? Um, which is why I found it so interesting. But the nice thing about Bloodborne and something that uh, honestly, I, I, I think you you would appreciate, Miguel, there, there are no shields. They have them in the game, right? Like you can use a shield, but mm-hmm. it's not going to help you absorb a lot of damage whatsoever. So now you've actually got a really cool health recovery system. So the way it works is it's very fast-paced. You're constantly dodging and moving around. Um, I think Eric used the example, like, comparing it to Devil May Cry as far as, like, the movie goes. Yeah, because I I was actually never really a fan of, like, Demon's Souls Dark Souls. I mean, like, I think maybe it's because I'm not a very patient person. So I tend not to, like, I wouldn't like that gameplay style, like, hiding behind a shield and waiting for the enemy to attack. Like, I love Devil May Cry, which is, like, high high you know like high pace intense action like always dodging and moving and attacking and stuff and that's kind of what bloodborne is you're you don't have a shield you're dodging you're moving out of the way and then you're attacking it's very aggressive right and fluid yeah absolutely and that's why i really appreciate the new combat system because now when you take damage uh your new health pool is basically blood right that's that's how it works and i'll explain that here in a second as far as like story context goes but um, wh- you take a lot of damage because there's no shield anymore. So if you get hit once, twice, probably three times, you're going to die. Like, it's that simple. Um, mm-hmm. Now, but the interesting mechanic is you can immediately get part of that health back. So, like, let's say I'm fighting an enemy and I take a cleave to the face and it drains half my health. Well, part of my health bar is, like, a lighter colored red, probably two-thirds of that health I lost. And if I attack the enemy, I then absorb his blood to heal my wounds, and heal yeah. my health back up. And that light red bar is always constantly depleting. Like it's very, it's timed. So if you don't attack immediately and get that health back, it, it's gone. I think okay. it's like a, a three or four second thing too. So it's encouraging you to play aggressively. Yeah. Which is actually kind of a cool change of pace. I feel like it makes it almost a little more tense in the various scenarios because you'll, you know, when you when you screw up, you must attack. Because if you don't, you're at, a, at an immediate disadvantage, especially yeah. in boss fights. I mean, you're taking a risk getting that health back again, but you're also taking a risk if you decide to play it safe and not bother attacking. You right. Know, and I mean, you have potions which are called blood vials, if I'm not mistaken, that you can collect around the world. Mm-hmm. However, they are limited in quantity. So, you know, you can use as many blood vials as you want, but then you're out. It's done. It's over. Yeah, and there's okay. no, That's like, cool. exchange. Yeah. So it yeah. it's encouraging you to do it that way. It's still kind of the same gameplay when it comes down to the format of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You get you, – there's an area boss. You progress to that area boss, learning various curves and secrets and this, that, and the other. Right. And then after you've taken out the area boss, you progress to the next area, which I think is really interesting. And I've always enjoyed that type of gameplay mechanic. Um, I really appreciated it once I got through Dark Souls 1 and 2. I bet it took me a while, but it was it was kind of cool. Uh, it's like Zelda. Yeah. It's like you know, it's exactly. a classic. It's, it's kind of the old school RPG way of handling things. Or, uh, or action RPG, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited nonetheless for that type of gameplay mechanic. But I think one of the interesting things that they've actually added, and this has, I, I don't really know if this has been yet confirmed or denied outside of like the gameplay implications, but there's regular blood and there's tainted blood, right? So in the game, you're going to Yarnum, right? You are a hunter and you're there for the, the power of the blood, right? Like that's, that's the big thing. So the more blood a hunter consumes, the more powerful they get. So I'm assuming that's how the level up system is going to work. I don't quite know. I haven't honestly dug into this game very much but there's also tainted blood so tainted blood is blood that has been tainted by like the beasts the nightmarish creatures of the area and when you you know slash and kill a tainted beast it gives you tainted blood and not regular blood so the idea is if you're constantly killing these beasts and stuff you'll obtain enough tainted blood to actually stop your heart you'll die and you'll be reborn as a world boss that players then have to kill before you can go back to your hunter form. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. It is It is really interesting. It's a different take on it because, again, this sort of like adds a limit to healing yourself with the blood vials and stuff. It sort of really pushes the fact that you should probably attack and regain some of that health that you just lost because if you keep using blood vials... Well, tainted blood vials, yeah. There are yeah. regular tainted. However, from all the gameplay ones that I've seen, that doesn't really necessarily specify which one's which. Like, you just pick up blood vials and it says blood vial. Right, right. And it, I think it's dependent on uh, the color of the blood or, like, the reaction when you take it. I don't quite know yet, which yeah, is no, what makes it so interesting to me. Yeah, they've been kind of quiet about it. They've mentioned that that is a, a feature or a, a mechanic, mm-hmm. but they haven't really showed it in action, so... Yeah, there's there's not been a lot about this game, and the more I tried to dig, the more I realized that there wasn't. You know, um, you have various implications, um, like the the, the two phase weapons, right? So now you've got a weapon in your main hand, and you've got a weapon in your off hand. So the shield has been exchanged in favor of a ranged weapon, which is a pistol or a blunderbuss, uh, so far as we know. And you look at it as, as a pistol and a shotgun, and you can collect a certain amount of silver bullets, which can be used. However, it's not really powerful. It's really used to set up melee attacks. But the cool thing now is, uh, you know, if you've ever played Dark Souls, I mean, I'm sure the two of you are familiar with the backstab mechanic, right? Yeah. Sneak around the back, stab it, half the health goes away. That Mm -hmm. exists in Bloodborne. However, now it's a stun mechanic. So it's similar to Dark Souls Parry, which no one ever did because it was so risky, right? It was so hard. I mean, the the timing was split second. I could never do it unless it was like they had a short sword or something where they really telegraphed the move. But beyond that, I never parried. Now imagine this. In Bloodborne, Miguel, you're going to have to shoot a target point blank, which will stun them. And then you have to charge up, uh, I think it's like a two or three second charge with your primary to do an, uh, the equivalent of a backstab. Yeah. Like rip into their stomach and try to pull part of their body out. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah, and essentially the stun and mid-tech uh, essentially brings them to their knees where you can then, you know... Execute kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, again, it's a little more risky because you're not around the back, you're facing them directly, and you have mm-hmm. to handle that. So I don't know. I feel like what they've done is they've taken Dark Souls and they've said, okay, we've watched hundreds of people play through Dark Souls for hundreds of hours, right? what was the chief complaint about it? Well, a lot of people do complain it was slow, and they try to speed that up with the mechanics and stuff. So I am excited. This seems very fast-paced. This seems the same sort of like spiritual successor, I would argue, to Demon Souls. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of interesting gameplay mechanics and stuff in there, not to mention the story, which basically no one knows anything about yet. 
Right. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Meanwhile, they keep all the things that made Dark Souls so interesting. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people harp on Dark Souls 2. They're like, it's too easy. And I would argue that it's easier in the first game, absolutely. But they also have co-op in Dark Souls 2, which is how I played through it personally. And I had a blast. I mean, that's why I wear all this Praise the Sun stuff all the time, you know, because I was a sun bro. It's a cooperative covenant. Like, it's about uh, getting in and helping other players. And with Bloodborne, they have a cooperative function as well, um, which comes from the Resonance Bell, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, they may well, have there's, there's different kinds of bells. Each one has a different sort of uh, connotation when it comes to playing with other players, multiplayer. Because right, there's, right. there's PvP and there's co-op. In, in a right. Sense, cause you can... The interesting thing, though, is I found out in the final release version they've actually combined it. So let's say I let's say I want Miguel to help me with the boss, right? Like I'll I'll ring my bell, Miguel will ring his bell. And the cool thing that they've added is they actually have hunter like party passwords. So you enter like a key code, and then Miguel will enter that key code and he'll join my game directly. Like it's it's not a bunch of randomization like it was in Dark Souls where it's just random people that you're summoning and let's mm-hmm. use like specific items. But the interesting thing is that also opens up my world to an invader. And the invaders right. okay. like, like Dark Souls. Exactly. But the invaders in Dark Souls are not marked with like a, a type of spirit. Like it was red was evil, white was neutral, gold was like the sun bro, and then blue was the the blue covenant. I, I can't remember the blue covenant's name, but um, th- they were marked, so you knew. Here you don't. Mm-hmm. It'll just summon two hunters. It, it doesn't always happen, but like me and Miguel could be playing, and then Eric could be summoned to our world because he's trying to get like invasion kills or whatever. And then we think Eric's going to help us, but we don't necessarily know. So that hunter has the option of either helping us out or trying to kill us, which I think is really interesting because mm-hmm. it almost builds PvP into the mix of the game. Um, now, if you never use the summoning bell, you're never going to be in- invaded, so to speak, so far as I know right now. Yeah, but th- there's also another thing that I'm kind of curious about is that, okay, it, the hunter version is what enters your world, but what about the mechanic where they talk about like being a boss player in someone else's world? Like, When does that come into play? I they don't know. Yeah, they haven't really specified as to which one is in which context necessarily. Yeah. So... I mean, based on the way that the Souls franchises have typically worked, I would expect that boss to you, you be playing against a boss, and then you kill it, and it says you vanquished a player. I mean, that's how I expect it to honestly work. You don't really know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of implications in here that haven't been answered. There's a lot of questions that have not been answered. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, you have the Chalice Dungeons as well. And I think the Chalice Dungeons are a very interesting implication, where players could actually be bosses in the Chalice Dungeons, and you don't know. Um, so the chalice dungeon is essentially an endless dungeon, right? And it's constantly changing. Think of like, um, Diablo three, right? Where everything's like RNG, totally randomly generated each time you go into like a dungeon or whatever. Um, that's how the chalice dungeon works. So you and up to three other players can go in this chalice dungeon and you're not spawned immediately next to each other, but you're dropped in it. And then you just go until you die. And I don't know what the rewards are. I don't know what the implications are, but that is the way it works. And it's constantly shifting and changing. And each area has a boss. After you complete the boss, you go to the next area. And it seems like a really cool idea. You know, like I can see myself on a Saturday night grabbing a couple ciders, ordering uh, a pizza or whatever, and just chilling there and trying to make it as far as I possibly could in this chalice dungeon. Yeah, because it's going to be different for each player because it's randomly generated um, for that player. And then you can also share your dungeon with other players. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to go about yet. Like maybe it just kind of posts and you can download it 
via your your game on your console or it just grabs something from the internet from somebody else who has shared theirs or something. But that's yeah. also an interesting. Fa- you know, it opens it up so that the developers don't necessarily have to uh, keep delivering these new dungeons for players. The players generate them, and so it's tons and tons of replayability. And I think this is a very welcome thing after the wake of the last PS4, PS4 exclusive, the Order eighteen eighty six, which had no replayability. Right. right. Yeah. So I think this is very very welcome. I was going to say, with Dark Souls, you know, because I, I don't really know much about Bloodborne. Um, I haven't really been reading about any hype or anything of, like, you know, how the story's going. But what it's sounding like is, I, I, despite Dark Souls having the ability to be different classes and, like, different starting bonuses, honestly, once I beat Dark Souls, I was done. I was like, thank God that's over. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, I made it. Yeah. Now I'm never touching this again because the sheer like frustration and hours and the grinding that you had to put into that, it was it was just all too much. So I definitely like the concept of the replayability, and I like I like the difficulty. You know, like I said earlier, I games that are too easy, I get turned off to them. Like especially like let's pull in you know Nick's fan favorite Assassin's Creed. Like I thought that right. was too easy. You just hold one button and you block all incoming attacks. And I'm just like, eh. With the shields, I, you know, it was cool because you know you, you could shield and depending on which one you had, it would block a certain percentage of incoming damage. But every time your shield got hit, your stamina would go down. If you ran out of stamina, your shield drops because you're staggered or you're too weak or whatever. So definitely, I'm, I'm more into... I've been finding that I've become more into grinding games, like games oh, where like, you got to grind, you got to be like, you know, you, you got to be, you know, quiet about it and um, sneak around and go back through that level again to level up because so you're not like, powerful like, enough. Like me, like old JRPGs and stuff. Yeah. Monster Hunter is a perfect example of a Monster Hunter is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I was just playing uh, Final Fantasy VIII this morning, actually, going back and playing Final Fantasy VIII. Nice. And I was just out there in, like, the world map grinding and stuff and it was i don't know i I tend not to have a talent for that kind of stuff anymore but today i was just kind of chilling with it like going with it like yep getting up there's such a thing as too much there's definitely such a thing as like and i think (laughs) sorry kid you got to go up 10 levels before you can meet this next sequential part of the story i know and i think i think maybe now i'm just sort of i've had a break from it so i'm okay with it but i think when like japan was at the height of like the rpg market you know, mm-hmm. they were, like, pumping games out, and everybody loved them and stuff, and that was what was popular. Uh, they were all grindy. Like, they all had grinding segments and stuff. And yeah. that was, after a while, it was kind of turnoff. So when Bioware and stuff came out with, like, Mass Effect and stuff, where it's like you could be at the top level, essentially, by the end of just playing through the game. Like, that was cool. That was awesome. Yeah, like, perfectly just, paced. Yeah. And this is kind I of how I... appreciate that. Yeah, and this is kind of how I feel about, like, difficulty. Like, in a game like Bloodborne where there's not necessarily any story because like i'm a big story guy and i'm right. saying not the same blubber doesn't have a story but like one where it's not like super cinematic like mm-hmm. the difficulty i think is a draw because that adds that's the draw to it whereas oh, yeah, a game sure. like you know like something that's like heavily in cinematics like it doesn't necessarily have to be difficult for me to enjoy it because i'm enjoying the story true, true. right yeah. I think that's an interesting implication too. Like Dark Souls One, I, I was much like you, Miguel, where I beat it and I was like, "Oh, thank God, it's over." Yeah, it's Dark over. Souls Two, I did. I ended up starting a new game plus, and the mm-hmm. reason being is like you're in this world, you get to the end, and it's not very clear. And then you new game plus, and actually start to see more NPCs that start to fill in more of the story. 
Because okay, the idea yeah. is you're going through purgatory again by choice to learn more about why you're there. And they, they started to add like different stuff to it. And that got me really excited. I never went in and finished that new game plus because they changed a lot of things that nerfed my build and I didn't want to start from scratch. Right. Um, but it was very interesting. You know, like I, I thought that was a very cool system. And I'm hoping that's what we see with Bloodborne. I like the idea that the story isn't cinematic. You know, you're going through, you're diving into various areas and like, I don't know, let's say I blow down a door, right, on accident and walk in and there's a library. And in the library there's a person and this person tells me a lot about the city of Yarnum. Like, you know it's messed up. You know there's problems there. You know a lot of hunters converge there, which is why this city is so interesting for this, this power of the blood, right? You don't know why. And knowing the way that From Software likes to tell their stories, it's something that weeks later, if we all end up playing the game, we'll sit down and we'll discuss for hours and each have a different piece of the puzzle, which is why I really love that story. That's how Dark Souls 2 was, you know? Like, I played through it with my um, old co-workers, Enrique and Jordan. And when we were playing through it, we were spending time piecing together various pieces of the puzzle. And once the end of the game came around, we had a decent idea collectively how the story worked. And yeah. that's what I'm so excited for with Bloodborne. Yeah, and I mean, I've never played like Demon Souls or Dark Souls or anything, but from what you've told me about that kind of stuff in the past, Nick, that's kind of like what makes me excited about Bloodborne is while I'm normally a cinematic kind of guy, like there's something like interesting about that sort of uh, direction to storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, so, I, but you don't know anything, go and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. it's kind of cool. It's you know, I don't. I'm not, there's like a fine line, though. It's like you can say you can leave it open for players to discuss, but that could be kind of lazy. Um, but I feel like you just have to do it right in the right way. You have to give them enough to know that you put forth the effort, but um, you know, not have too little to make it seem like you just didn't try. Yeah, but. no, it's one of those things where. Um, you know, you, you kind of sit back and you look at it. And, like, I, I just finished Dragon Age Inquisition over my spring break, right? And, like, you know, they, they tell a cinematic story. But at the same time, once the end of that game rolled around, I sat there for five hours and wrote an essay on what I thought the plot was. Because there's so much hidden underneath all the layers. And you know they've spent time making it. And I think that's what I appreciate so much about a lot of these games is not a lot of people do that anymore, right? And when you look mm-hmm. at something like Bloodborne... I'm so excited to find out everything that's hidden underneath the actual gameplay. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. So I'm very much looking forward to diving into the story of Yarnum, figuring out what, why, and how this this power of the blood works. You know, it bunches of different things. And I, I can't wait to sit down and talk about it with you guys because that's what makes the game so interesting. And so many games focus so hard on trying to tell this perfect story. And then in doing so, they honestly mess up that perfect story. Right. Uh, I miss thinking about stories of games. I really do. And Dragon Age made me realize that and get me all the more hyped for Bloodborne this uh, today. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know. Well, I, I'm still until it comes out for Steam. I won't be playing since I don't own a PS4. Oh, you'll get uh, one, bro. You'll get you one. Will. You'll do it. <laughs> you'll do yeah. it eventually. We got you to buy a new 3DS. We'll get you to buy a PS4. Yeah. And uh, Nick and I, Nick and I, well, no, at yeah, one yeah, point, yeah, you, you got me to buy the, the 3DS. I got the new 3DS, yep. my own volition. Same difference. <laughs> Totes whatevs. Stick. Totes whatevs. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, Nick and I, I think we'll be streaming at some point, right? Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be streaming all week. Um, I have it all planned out, actually. I may as well go ahead and announce it uh, since we're getting close to the end of the podcast here. Um, I will be streaming Bloodborne. If you guys want to come talk about it in detail, feel free to drop by. I know I'll be streaming it with Eric. Um, my current schedule right now is I'm doing a midnight release, which you guys have already passed up at this point in time. Um, so that'll be at 12.20 on Monday, and I'm going until about 4 a.m. Monday, uh, or I guess Tuesday morning. And then Tuesday I'm streaming it. So tonight, after you guys have listened to this episode, I'll be streaming it from roughly 9.30 Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And that's the same for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday night. I'm actually having a LAN party with a couple people. And I think Eric's going to be involved in this one too. And we're going to be running Chalice Dungeons for the entire evening. Um, that should start around probably 6, 7 p.m. and go well into the night. So plenty of Bloodborne, guys. If you're interested in checking out the game and chatting with me and Eric about it, and we'll we'll somehow drag Miguel into it if we can. I'll, I'll, tweet, <laughs> I'll tweet him Bloodborne photos and shit. We'll, we'll figure something out. But if you want to come by and chat about the game, definitely do so on my Twitch page. It's uh, twitch.tv backslash surveillance TV, like I typically plug. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. I'm very excited for this game. And I, you know, we've talked about it on the show numerous times between the three of us. There has not been a game that we've all truly appreciated in months. Mm-hmm. You know that? I mean, there really hasn't. Monster I think probably Hunter, more than I think that. The, <laughs> right. Right. Like, Monster Hunter for me is the silver lining because I enjoy it. Uh, but that's like a very like on the rail kind of game. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in between. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and then Dragon Age is the last one I remember. I mean, like I started playing Killzone Shadow Falls campaign a couple of days ago. I'm already bored of it. I probably won't even finish it. And it's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Yeah. Just nothing new. And yeah. I think games like Bloodborne are the whole reason I want to see next gen. This is next gen. A constantly evolving and generating dungeon that you and your friends are trying to progress through. That's next gen to me. You know, um, some a, a world that's constantly evolving and changing and focusing on multiplayer and multiplayer <laughs> functionality. It's funny you gen. say that because that's like it's like next gen. I, I guess it's next gen for like consoles. But you know, speaking as like a Dungeons and Dragons guy, yeah. The, you 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 can already randomly generate. You could have randomly generated a, ju- a dungeon like way way back in the day. Like oh, okay, absolutely. absolutely. So I, I just I it, it constantly makes me happy that all these games are like taking leaves out of Dungeons and Dragons, like yeah, the well, original. I mean, I mean yeah. Well, I mean, randomly generating stuff has been around for a long time. I could randomly generate a sandwich right now in the kitchen. <laughs> right? That sounds really good. I was just saying, if you do, put ham and cheese on it and send it my way. <laughs> I have no ham. He says to the oh, that's market. right. <laughs> he says yeah. to the vegan, vegan yeah. ham. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I totally understand where you're coming from, Miguel. Like, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, a couple of friends of mine grabbed a Marvel book, which is like a superhero version of Dungeons and Dragons, and okay. we're gonna start playing it. I'm very excited. I'm very very excited. I'm gonna mix like Spider Man with Superman with Batman. It's gonna be great. Um, for my character, but you know, I, I guess the big thing for me with like next gen games is this one is not trying to look pretty. It's trying to play different. It's trying to do something that, I mean, it has been done before. Absolutely. But it's trying to do something different from the rest that are coming out with like all these games. It's, Hey, we look pretty. Come buy us, you know, and don't get us wrong though. It still looks pretty. Absolutely. It's it's own right. You know, that's not why I play video games. Right. You know, 
So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Bloodborne, and hopefully at this point in time, uh, when our listeners are going through this, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be one way or another. Um, I will be raging, but it will be fun nonetheless. Nice. Yeah, it should be an interesting week. I'm looking forward to it. But um, unless you guys have anything to add, that about wraps it up, right? Yeah, for the Bloodborne episode. I'd love mm-hmm. to sit and talk. That, that's the one thing, though, I do miss about doing longer podcasts um, back where me and Eric used to work is, like, we would literally spend hours talking about this these type of things and, like, diving crazy into them. So, I don't know, maybe maybe a special episode. We'll do it maybe uh, after we start playing Bloodborne a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think it could be enjoyable. But anyway, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up uh, for today's episode of A Casual Conversation. Hope you enjoyed the Bloodborne talk. Uh, definitely something I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time. Uh, remember, you can send us topic ideas and questions for the end of the show via our Gmail account, acasualconversation at gmail.com. Still waiting on getting a couple of those. I know we've got a small audience building. I checked the numbers. You're out there. Mm-hmm. Send us questions. Or by tweeting them to one of us on Twitter. Uh, speaking of which, where can they find you guys at, Twitter-wise? Yeah, you can find me at erage. That's E-R-A-E-G-E. And Miguel? Uh, you can find me at OG Migsy. That's O-G underscore M-I-G-S-Y. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Avalence, A-V-I-A-L-E-N-C-E. And like I said earlier, feel free to drop by the Twitch at Avalence TV for some Bloodborne this week. But, uh, yeah, exa- Every time, someone always does it. I had a new guy this week, and he's the same thing. Walked in, and he's like, hey, so I, ha- I heard you hate to be called Avalanche. And I was like, get out! <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. But anyway, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you guys all on the next episode of the podcast, which I believe is about the outdoors and this little season Eric likes to call spring. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, spring is just like a a reduced priced summer. (laughs) It's the bargain. Bargain bargain season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the season with the Walmart happy face sticker on it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ten ninety nine, not twenty. T exactly. Hooker pricing. <laughs> <laughs>